The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What is going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson here with you on uh, New Year's Eve. Hey, you've got the plans for the night. Uh, make sure you look in the direction of, uh, you know, Old Main. You will see the A lit up in its uh, blue glory as Utah State men's basketball team just totally dismantles Air Force. Uh, right now, as far as I can tell, the uh, women's team also has a lead over Air Force. So uh, could be doubly blue tonight. So we'll talk about that. I know that the post-game coverage is going on on our sister station. If you want to weigh in and talk about it specifically, You've got two choices. Uh, you can listen to our neighbors across the window, uh, KVNU. Al Lewis and John Russell are breaking it down right now as we speak. Uh, they'll have comments. You'll hear the post-game audio from Craig Smith over there. We're going to try to get some of that over here yep, as well. We'll here. Yep. Um, but uh, it's KVNU Aggie Call happening right now. started as soon as the game went final on 610 AM, 102.1 FM, the KVNU mobile app, and KVNUtalk.com. Which, uh, but we'll talk about it as well here. And, and you know what? Uh, if for so many reasons, and I'm not just being unselfish here, but for so many reasons, you should be listening to Al. Uh, no, Like you've always said, nobody prepares for a game like Al. And when I, I had the great chance of sitting in there in, in, in studio with Al and, and just the notes he takes and the things he sees, and um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So I would in no way be offended if you switched over right now and listened to them and uh, he does an incredible job, and then you get to call in and share your thoughts. And then at five o'clock or you know whenever it is, jump over here and uh, Johnny, you I think is going to pop in, and we'll get a chance to talk some uh, Utah State basketball with him as well. And so, uh, but uh, Aaron, it's gone final by the way. Utah State women did beat Air Force oh, seventy yeah, to sixty six. Awesome. A close game. What was the score? Sorry, seventy to sixty six. Oh, that's great. That's awesome, um, Eric. This men's team. I, I, Air Force could not take care of the ball. I mean, 20, 24, 25 turnovers, and and uh, Aggie scored forty three points off of those turnovers. Yeah, unreal. I mean, that's just. I mean, take care of the ball, and, and maybe it's a closer game. But the defense was great. Uh, I, I thought Miller is being back to Brock Miller. Yeah, where we. I mean, wow. he takes good looks and hits good looks. Um, love. This it. is what three or four straight games where he has really been on. Point. Yeah, four. I think that this is the Brock Miller that we've all Always hoped wanted. to see yeah, on a absolutely. consistent basis, and he's there. So, whatever's taking place, man, I hope he can he can bottle it up and keep using it because it's great, man. What a weapon he can be! Four of nine from beyond the arc, uh, and he was he was playing really good way, basketball. This today. is all without the really the the contribution of Raleigh Wooster. I mean, he does have five boards. But he went one of four from the field. He had four points. He was not great today in shooting, and they still win by thirty something points. Like, come on, Eric! I, I, <laughs> if you're if you would have told well, me that Wooster scores four points and we win by, I mean, and and without telling me the score, and yet we do have the contributions. Bean had a great game. Um, led, led all scores with fifteen. Uh, Keta had you know a, a good game. But even with, I would have said maybe we win by 12, 13, 14 points. Well, I'm glad that you qualified that Worcester didn't have a good game shooting because I think he was still impactful. Sure, I mean, he, he's 
He still played a pretty good basketball game, five boards, three assists, and a steal. Um, but, yeah, his, his shot was not falling. He wasn't able to create very much. Um, but, yeah, great uh, play by uh, Brock Miller. Um, uh, I thought Marco Anthony was was solid as well as a facilitator. But, really, I think you hit it first is just how well that Aggie defense just had so many takeaways. And then that turned into transition buckets for the Aggies. Yeah, again, well, and they well, they I think they had nine points on the transition. Um, Air Force didn't have any. So as much as they were able to force turnovers, it's not like they cashed in a lot, I mean, on fast break. It was more just slowing it down, running through a half-court offense, uh, giving them uh, a chance to find out. I mean, they had great looks of all sorts from everywhere. By the way, dude, that... Vajihiv or Zihiv, what's his name? That the guy who comes in and threw it up from like Steph Curry range, and Craig Smith throws his arms in the air and then just lights him up. He's like, dude, <laughs> run an offense. We're up by thirty. <laughs> Gal, no, I, I I love it. I think it's hilarious. I was getting a kick out of John and Ally were kind of laughing at that, but uh, again, dominating win. Eric, the question is, is how difficult is to is it to do this? For two games in a row. Now, I, did, I know they did it with San Jose State, but this Air Force team, I mean, you just throttled them. How hard is it to come back and repeat that same performance? Well, you, I don't think it's fair to say that you'd suspect that Air Force would have a similar problem. I mean, they know that they've got to be better with sure passes and you know things like that and not have so many turnovers. Um, but uh, So that's probably going to be different. But I think that Utah State proved that, look, just because we blow out a team in one game doesn't mean we're still not going to take them seriously and come out and compete hard the next game. Sure. Because they did that against San Jose. Totally blow them out in game one. But they don't just come in lackadaisical in game two in the series. They still came out tough and imposed their will and, and, and took care of business. So will it be different on Saturday afternoon? Probably, but to a great degree, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I, this Air Force team is okay, and they're just that. They're just okay. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call. I mean, I, they did split with Nevada at Lawler well, Arena, that's which is crazy, man. I, that team that is the split strange with outlier. It's like, how that did that me. happen? <laughs> so you're right. I mean, that that's still something that Utah State has to keep in their back of the mind. Look, this is a team that, yeah, they didn't look great today, but man, they were able to go and get a win in Nevada. In Reno, somewhere that they've never won before, and beat a, a decent Nevada team, so you can't overlook them or take them lightly because they could come back and uh, and get after you. So, yeah, just to, but the overall team, the way this team has come together, and really what stands out to me about the the flavor of this team this year is on this winning streak that they're on currently. It, it's by and large, I think, because of what they're doing defensively, how they've dialed things up defensively, which have turned into easier points and stifling the opponents, and, and they just get all discombobulated trying to figure out what's going on. And it leads to easy Aggie buckets, and it uh, it just puts them in the driver's seat. So I've been really impressed with how Utah State has dialed it up defensively these last couple of weeks. Okay, so check this out. There's 3-0 Mountain West Conference play. Final scores of 107-62, 85-52, 83-48. It's about a 37.5-point margin of a victory. <laughs> My freaking goodness. That's crazy. Calm down. That's incredible. I uh, would love to hear from our Aggie, uh, Aggie fans. If you're listening to us, if not, and you're on our sister station, by all means, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you then. But 
435-339-0321. Give us your thoughts on an Aggie win, uh, both men and women's. Women's was great. Uh, Faith Brantley had 17 points and eight boards today for the, for the Lady Aggies. Uh, they beat Air Force 70-66. to I would love to get your thoughts on that. And then also your uh, 2020 sports stories of the year. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. we got a busy show today, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, we do. We're going to get our pick six. Oh, yeah, pick six. It's a very busy weekend for college football. We touched on that a little bit yesterday. but What a massive brawl there was. There was uh, some surprises today, <laughs> uh, both after the game in one of the bowl games and uh, the first quarter of a, of a bowl game involving a Mountain West team. But that was not any pretty, was it? Saw yeah, that was not good. Uh, but this uh, this Utah State men's basketball team now three and zero in conference play. They've won five straight, and uh, they're really hitting on on all cylinders right now. Just great contributions, and I love. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to be that that kind of guy that's like run up the score on your opponents, but I uh, I think it's important that Utah State is able to get these kinds of games to get those that second and third unit minutes on the court. You don't know when someone's going to get hurt. You don't know if someone's going to get COVID again uh, or somebody different on the team get COVID. And contact tracing eliminates some guys for a week or two. So it's important that these guys get minutes. I, I liked, again, the Ashworth, what he's been able to do off the bench. What a great contributor off the bench. Barstow, he's settling in and playing better minutes and better contribution off the bench for Utah State. So... And Trevin Dorius continues to be really consistent for yeah, USU. Yeah, it's so, so much better. It's, it's really important that they have these kinds of games so you get really good minutes for these guys outside of practices. It's game film. It's working against other competition. And it's so super valuable. Okay, so uh, let's, let's, let's play the devil advocate side for just a moment. What did you not like? Is there anything that you're like, oh, I need that to be better for Saturday or for next week against New Mexico? Is there anything that you uh, maybe cringe at a little bit, or, or are we good? Are we golden? Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I think anybody can, any coach could look at his team and see. Yeah, there's always things that can be better. Oh yeah, I mean, like Craig but, Smith's going like, to look at the last two and a half minutes, and he's going to throw a marker at the wall. Yeah, like we, we I still mean, have to run our basketball. offense. We yeah. still have to run our sets just because of a big lead. Does it mean you have license thrown up from half court? <laughs> get <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the look on Craig Smith's face, and I kind of wish we had a crowd mic that was like behind him so we could hear what he was saying. I probably, I don't think it was TV appropriate, but <laughs> I just, oh man, the look on his face was so, face was so dang good. Oh, that was awesome. Um, well, I, I think that I can't the, think of anything, man. Well, maybe just shot selection. You know, yeah, it's you don't mean a nitpick, but. Um, you know, Raleigh, if he can do a little better offensively. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to really but get too like, critical. The, again, it's the craziest part, man. He scored four points, and the Aggies win by 30-something. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you're Air Force, you're like, hey, we shot above 50%, we shut down their best player, and we still lost by 30-something points. Like, what do you else do you want us to do? And by the way, like, is the TV broadcast got a contract with Joe Scott? Because they love talking about <laughs> Joe Scott. His birthday, his favorite color, his favorite food, what pajamas he wears, favorite slip. I mean, I'm like, dude, okay, like, there's more than just Joe Scott on the court, by the way. He's not even playing. And I mean, they just, they stuck the camera there. I was like, is your camera broken? Look, and it's a blowout. You got to come up with something. I well, okay. Well, come up with something for the team that's up by thirty, <laughs> not for the coach that's losing by thirty. <laughs> Good night. 
It's true. <laughs> but no, I, again, dominating fashion by the Aggies. Impressive, to say the very least. Um, that That's incredible. And I, I, I mean, there's not really a deep dive of review on the film. I mean, you look at some things, but when you win by that margin, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, turn around, take that game plan, suffocate, suffocating defense, force turnovers, turn them into a fast break or points in some certain way, and then you're off and running. That, I mean, that's just incredible. Good night. Yeah, maybe one other thing, just because we have the luxury of nitpicking. Yes, with we, that should. Kind of win, we should. It's, it's maybe too good one other thing is just to be a little bit better with uh, foul trouble. Yeah. I think who uh, we had like what and but do they call some ticky tacky fouls? Well, I mean the, the the charge on who was it Raleigh? I think dude the guy was already falling over before Raleigh even got to him. Um, <laughs> there was a couple of really soft fouls, but no, you're right. Uh, we had two guys who had two quick fouls each. Uh, like I mean seven minutes into the game, we already had seven fouls at the twelve, ten or eleven minute mark. So, yeah, I mean, stay out of foul trouble would be nice because yeah, Dorius had four. If he wants to play more minutes and be more of a contributor off the yeah, bench, he's, he's got to He be definitely more needs to be better. Yeah, because there's a big, I mean, there's a drop off from Keta to Dorius, but there is a Grand Canyon sized cliff drop off <laughs> after Dorius, if we're going to be honest right now. Well, um, it's a good point because, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the, the difference between the starters to the bench players across the board? Now, from, yeah, from Keta to Dorius, yes, there is. But when you go third down the list, and it's a big drop off, and I think it's pretty safe to say for most of those others too, except for maybe the point guard position, because Raleigh's your starter. But Ashworth, I think he's a oh. solid backup, dude. And then the, you, your, your third option is Barstow, and that's not a bad option. Can you imagine if if Ashworth, or excuse me, not if? Can you imagine when Ashworth and Wooster are seniors? And Anthony, I, well, I guess Anthony may not be there. Yeah, he won't be. Uh, but just those two alone, that's incredible. Like, if Craig Smith sticks around and they continue to develop, that is going to be a disgusting backcourt to deal with, I mean, all night long. I've, Ashworth gets better and better and better by the game. Uh, another guy that I like, Marco Anthony, I thought was really good today, too. I thought Marco was really solid. Yeah, he, you know, start of the year, it was a little shaky. Oh, yeah. Just how he was fitting in. But I think since then, the last – Gosh, I mean, except for that tournament in in uh, in, in the, what was it, South Dakota? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think since then he's been a good, solid leader for Utah State. I think he's been really consistent. Uh, I think he has a good presence on the floor, and he's a good leader for Utah State. So uh, he's been a nice addition for the Aggies. Yeah. Twelve points, six assists, uh, just very active in, in what he, where he is on the floor. Um, yeah, I really like Marco and what he brings for Utah State. He's getting better, and I think his drive to the hoop is a little bit more in control. Like he's looking at the hoop, he's controlling his dribble, he's not forcing anything. He's gotten so much better at, at that. And by the way, speaking of getting better, and maybe I've just been blind to it for so long, but Keta's footwork, my gosh, how many oh. times did he split a double team with the footwork to get a layup? I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, I really liked his vision too, and uh, just how he was playing off of uh, how there was a series. A set. It was down in that uh, low block on yes. the left hand side. Yes. Uh, come, get, it goes to him. It kicks out, and there's the way that the, the defenders kind of are rotating. He recognized how to position himself just a little bit more uh, inside between the two of them, and then nice pass on time in the right spot. And he just rolls right to the hoop and just dunks it. 
uh, threw it down. So just his vision, understanding what's happening on the court around him, and putting himself in the right spot to uh, to flush it and go strong. That's what we need a lot more of from Keta. Uh, just go strong. Just flush it. Yeah. Again, it's but the footwork has been really, really good to see. Um, I mean, is there anybody else that we that we've missed? I think Barstow was good. I mean, I, I loved what the uh, the fast break that resulted in Barstow going from right uh, left to right on a reverse layup and drawing the foul, finishing at the hoop and converting the bucket. Uh, Barstow, uh, again, he's another guy who started off really slow at the start of the year, right? And has finally kind of caught on and Too got back into rhythm. Too many errors to himself yeah. out of the game. I know he's, he's dealing with better. an injury, but it's I, it's good to see him get back mentally, getting back to be a confident Barstow. Uh, and then we haven't mentioned Justin Bean yet, but I mean he's so consistent. He brings the same intensity Dude, every game, day in and day out. And and I know it's not Sam Merrill, but his consistency, both. I mean, he his first four rebounds were all on the offensive side, and two of those he put back in for buckets. Like it's just it's the it's the awareness, it's the IQ. Um, and I remember there, I, I, I've told this story a couple of times, but I remember the first time, um, I actually got to see Bearstow or not Bearstow, excuse me, Bean get a f- couple minutes. It was in the, uh, I think it was an early game with Craig Smith. And I looked at somebody and I said, Hey, do you think he's going to play more? And they're like, no, he doesn't even belong on the court in a division one game. I said, really? They're like, yeah, absolutely. And now that guy is like leading the league in rebounds. He's leading the league in putbacks. And by the way, he's leading the league, or at least, no, excuse me, not leading the league, but he's top four, top five in points, top three in big men buckets right now. Come on. <laughs> Justin Bean, yeah. like, out of all the people. Regularly a double double machine. He didn't get one today, but. Hey, how about that putback dunk by Ked in the second half, by the way? Ooh. Oh, that was filthy. Yes. See, that's it. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, a mean, mad Keta is the best Keta on the floor, is the best <laughs> player on the floor. It's just that sometimes I don't see it. In fact, I haven't seen it enough. But, I mean, I think we'll, we'll get – I can't wait for, like, I, I, the New Mexico series. He has a vendetta with them. San Diego State, he has a vendetta with them. Like, he loves, like, the tougher challenges to get after those guys. Were you a little surprised that um – I mean, there weren't very many free throws at all for Utah State. But were yeah. you surprised that Keta didn't even have one attempt? No, not. Just the way that Air Force Just, runs their stuff? Yeah, no, and, and I totally get what you're saying. Um, I just feel like he's not physical enough. I mean, I, it, it, it's more finesse than it is like brute strength just going up. If he just goes straight up and tries to throw it down, he's going to get a foul call almost every time, almost every time. But it's just the footwork and the fanciness that creates space to where he's, I mean, he's not really getting hammered. Like, I mean, and I, I again, that will change when they play the Lobos. That will change when they play the the Aztecs. Definitely, the Aztecs will change that. Um, but yeah, not yet. Uh, but he, but by the way, he's in that realm of being a superstar and getting those calls. I he is. It's just yeah. I think he could if he would be willing to be physical enough to do if it. If you wanted to it. force the issue, yeah. Uh, two seven eight seven. Thanks for the text. Happy New Year to you guys. Have a great. You have a great show. Keep it up. Thanks. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank two, you. Two seven eight seven. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. Absolutely appreciate. Happy you. New Year to you as and well. And to our listeners, are who are just absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, we we get to come in and 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 debate and argue and say stupid stuff. 
and uh, and you guys have hung in there through what well, we had like four or five months of no sports, and you guys still came back for us. So I can't tell our listeners how incredible they are, and we'll get more into that in the five o'clock hour and and, and uh, go through all that. But yeah, some of some of us say stupid stuff more than the other. <laughs> okay, no, it's because you talk me into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I talk do. You, into you bait saying me into stupid it. stuff. You bait me you into it. Paint no, that on you me. bait me into it. So it's your fault. I'm blaming you. You forced me to say stupid stuff. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's that's Mister, a new one, Mister. I watched Star Wars and Harry Potter for Christmas. I'm ranking in my top five. Well, by, by the way, I just went back yeah. and listened to that, and it just made me want to <laughs> just break my computer. I, I just I got a lot of grief for that for the whole you holiday should've. weekend. Your your kids should have been embarrassed of that show. Dad, that is not a Christmas that movie. That is embarrassing. Uh, you know, Cal, I felt bad for your kids okay, that day. Okay, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> Die Hard? Is Wonder Woman <laughs> no. now a Christmas no. movie? Because no. there's a Christmas actually, scene at the okay, end. Okay, well, no. One, the new Wonder Woman might actually be considered a Christmas movie because it came out on Christmas Day. Are there winter yes. scenes in Harry Potter? And Christmas scenes in Harry Potter Dude, and winter scenes in Star I, Wars? I will walk out. <laughs> you will be doing this show solo if you keep it up. <laughs> yeah, you keep laughing over there, Chuckles. Okay. See where it goes. Uh, <laughs> call time out here in the full court press. Um, coming up, we, we got a, more about this Utah State yeah. win for both teams. Utah State men's and women's uh, basketball teams picking up some nice wins today in conference play. Uh, bowl games going on today. Mountain West Conference team involved in a bowl game. Uh, well, maybe we don't want to admit they're a Mountain West Conference team the way they played today. Uh, <laughs> uh, Utah Jazz are in action later on tonight. We've got our pick six and the the top stories of the last year. Ajay and I will debate what we think were the top stories of the past year. I think our lists will look a little bit differently, but we'd love to get your your thoughts on that as well. What do you think were the top stories? You don't need to give us a full top ten, but if you want to text us and let us know, hey, this was a big story. Don't don't miss on this And we story. might have missed on a couple, too, so please. Yeah. 435-339-0321 or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a New Year's Eve. Wherever you may be headed, even if it's just close to home, hope you're safe and have a nice evening tonight. Celebrate responsibly, be careful, and uh, let's all hope for a better year this next year. As part of a recap for 2020, coming up next hour, Ajay and I will go through some of the top stories of the past year. And we appreciate some of the feedback that we've gotten already, but if you want to weigh in, there's still time. We'll get into that more in the 5 o'clock hour, but uh, 435-339-0321, or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app and let us know some of the things that you thought stood out over the last year in the local sports. Uh, and I want to emphasize that local sports. I know there could have been some bigger national headlines and things like that, but uh, for purposes of this show and purposes of this uh, th- this program and how we like to do it, we'd like to ref- to uh, stick to the local topics if we can. Um, and also coming up a little bit later on, we'll hear from Craig Smith uh, about today's win for the Utah State Aggies, a dominating win over Air Force 
83 to 48. Aggies are now three and zero in conference play, six and three overall. They're they've won five straight now, and uh, that puts Utah State currently on top of the Mountain West Conference with three wins. Nobody else has three wins in conference play, and uh, there are games, um, take other games taking place in the conference uh, this weekend. Uh, but um, right now, it's Utah State standing alone on top of the Mountain West Conference until some of these other teams have their games and, and get those in the books. But um, there are a couple of games happening later this evening at 6.30. It's Boise State at San Jose State. And then at 7, it's New Mexico uh, hosting Nevada. Um, uh, but that game actually won't be in New Mexico. It'll be in uh, Lubbock, Texas. So um, anyway, kind of a weird deal for New Mexico as that continues. But yeah, so Boise State... Probably going to improve to three and zero over San Jose, and then uh, New Mexico's had kind of a rough start to their season. Uh, but uh, I don't know that uh, Nevada is currently favored by five and a half in that one. But um, who knows? It could be a little bit different story there, uh, being a, a basically a road game for both teams, kind of a neutral site. But right now, it's Utah State standing on top of the Mountain West at three and zero. Boise State favored by twenty two and a half over San Jose. Probably inclined to take Boise to cover <laughs> that margin of, from what we've seen uh, out of San Jose this year. Um, earlier today, and by the way, if you want to still weigh in on the basketball game earlier today, feel free. We'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Uh, the KVNU Aggie call is still happening uh, just down the, across the window from us and a different station on KVNU on 610 AM and 102.1 FM. If you want to tune into those guys, uh, break it down and hear from the coach there. We'll hear from Craig uh, Smith a little bit later on in the program. But there was a Mountain West team involved today, uh, but it was in football. And uh, we I, we both thought, Aji and I, we both thought that San Jose would have a, a better game than what they did. Uh, Ball State... I don't think they've ever won a bowl game until today. Uh, and they jumped out early on the Spartans with 27 to nothing lead after the first quarter. Uh, they just had their way with San Jose. And um, uh, Nick Starkle had, you know, threw three interceptions. Uh, a lot of those were put Ball State in a great position early in the game. That uh, that that Ball State secondary, the, the Cardinals were just really getting after them and making it tough. And uh, that uh, <laughs> it's hard to win when you throw touchdowns for the other team uh, too often. But um, San Jose eventually settled down defensively, got some things going in the third quarter, but it just wasn't enough for them. And so Ball State wins thirty-four to thirteen. San Jose's uh, perfect season. Uh, is no more. So they'll finish the year at seven and one. Ball State finishes at seven and one as well. So that probably puts San Jose State out of the top twenty-five when the final rankings will be released uh, coming up in about a, a, well, a couple of weeks here. But um, kind of a rough finish for the Spartans after that the big big uh, win against uh, Boise for the conference championship game. A real letdown <coughs> in their bowl game. Well, I mean they're missing their number one defensive pass rusher. They're missing their offensive coordinator. And they're missing their defensive coordinator, all for today's game. Oh, I didn't know that. All tested positive for COVID. Oh. So that doesn't That's help. Rough. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. Now, is it is it an effect that you lose like this in a bowl game? 
Probably not. There's more to that than just missing uh, a couple of guys. Um, I mean, uh, coaches and your number one. I mean, you you shouldn't be getting blown out like that. Uh, But at the same time, we can sit there and hash over how embarrassing it was for San Jose State. Instead, we should be talking about just how awesome it was that the season they had. Eric didn't lose the game. And they probably would have beat Boise State in the regular season, too, to be very honest with you. So, uh, I... It, I mean, it, again, it's a tough way to end the season. It happens, you know, to every... I think a lot of teams have faced that kind of an ending, but uh, give credit to this... Uh, uh, to the San Jose State team for what they were able to accomplish this year. I, phenomenal, phenomenal season for them. Yeah, that's true. And we, we, I think New Mexico got a lot of attention for... Uh, their season and how tough their their uh, local restrictions were going to make it on them to to run an athletic program. It was just as, t- as tough, or maybe even more difficult for San Jose. Uh, they couldn't practice. They had to relocate their team. They had to go different places. Uh, they they were hit real hard as well. So it, it, through all of that, but very contrasting storylines with San Jose and New Mexico faced with similar. Uh, circumstances outside of their control with coronavirus and what you can do, what kind of practices you can do, if you can play or not in your arena. And uh, boy, San Jose just found ways around it and came together and grew stronger as a result instead of just having a weak program and a weak season and just trying to get it through and get out of there. So yeah, very impressive what they were able to do. Really impressed that Coach Brennan was able to uh, sign an extension and agree to come back to do more because uh, he he was had getting opportunities other opportunities to go yeah. to other places. He sure was. So that's good for the Mountain West that that happened. Yeah, again, and you know, <laughs> I always and maybe this is just me being bitter, but I always kind of wonder if Boise State was ducking because they played more with less players. They still played games with less players than they had against San Jose State. And they still didn't play him. Still feel like Boise State was ducking the Spartans. For I mean, again, that's a conspiracy theory. So as it is, grain of salt. But uh, just the way they dominated Boise in that championship game. Again, that's something you got to be proud of. I impressive, impressive season for the Spartans. And and again, with Coach Brandon, like you said, coming back, they also have some guys coming back next year. Could be another good football team on the rise. Uh, Aggies have San Jose back on the schedule next year. Are we at San Jose? We're at San Jose State this time, isn't it? I think. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, we're we're in California, or wherever we're going to play them. <laughs> Phoenix. AJ, you have that special ability to speak things into existence. Okay, so be you know what? Be very mindful no, of it. what you shut say. It. You shut it. Because sometimes it works great. No, and it's awesome. You have this magic ability, but dude, I can't tell careful. you how bad I felt to announce that game on air without it being announced yet before, and then getting a text message from a very certain high individual of to not announce games before they've been announced. <laughs> <laughs> and the look you gave me was like, oh boy, here we go. Here it comes. <laughs> Call. <laughs> oh, man. Um, by the, okay, hey, random note slash production live on air. I finished that montage. It's nearly nine. It's just over nine minutes long. I tried to cut it down, but I mean, 2020, dude, was a heck of a year. Glad you told me about that because I honestly had forgotten about it. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I've been so well. It's nine minutes long, so you may not even have time to play it today. (laughs) 
So <laughs> we might just have to <laughs> might just have to tell people uh it was a great montage and sorry we couldn't play it today. <laughs> but again, uh Eric, uh Mount West Conference football season. Just uh just a quick review of it from from your opinion. Should we have played this year? Hindsight twenty twenty, right? Yes. Should we've had a season? Yes. The season should have started sooner. Because the the cases, the rate of infection, uh, they was, were all lower earlier in the year. It should have started on time. You think we still would have got more games in, though? Yes. Okay. Those schools that started on time, yeah, they had some disruption here and there, but they were able to get more games in. Hmm. I mean, look at the Sun Belt. Hmm. Look at the MAC. Look at BYU. Yeah, BYU's a good, and they traveled a lot too. Yeah, and still made their game. Did they have any games canceled? Yes, the Army game. I think they had the Houston game postponed. The Houston game was the other one, but they got that one in though. Yeah, I think they got it rescheduled. Okay. So yes, the game. The games should have happened. They should not have been as delayed. It's Fair like, enough. It, it was warmer. You're outdoors more. Get games in before it gets cold and people are indoors where things the, the rate of infection goes up. But no, let's wait till it gets colder and we're indoors more and let's kick this thing off as we're getting into the height of a typical flu season. But what do I know? I'm I'm no epidemiologist or anything. <laughs> um, but yes, the season still should have been played. Okay, so give me your... Uh, I- Obviously, we know what Utah State story was this year, which was just a train wreck. Every bit of it was a train wreck. Uh, coach being fired, quarterback being kicked off, players quitting, team quitting, I guess, didn't play the final game, um, getting blown out by everybody in sight. But overall, uh, on the field play, uh, what did – surprises and disappointments. Surprise, of course, would be San Jose State, right? Yeah. What they did. Disappointments. Uh, San Diego State would be a little bit better. Well, Utah State was a disappointment. Yeah, obviously. There yeah. Were a lot of hopes that that would be a, a better year than what they had, uh, obviously. Um, yeah, I think San Diego State, maybe there was some thought that they could have been a little bit better. I want to say that Nevada was a nice surprise. That was a good, yeah, good season. Yeah, that's true. That they put Romeo together. Dubs and Carson Strong yeah. were incredible. That duo was so good. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Nevada's a good one. Um, Carl State, I just feel bad they didn't get a lot of games in. I mean, they just had Ooh, so many games canceled. They had a lot of that, games. I feel bad about taken that. away from A them. lot of kids, I mean, yeah. Just couldn't catch up. I think that'd that, be a program that I would be seriously questioning. Why did we even pretend we were going to have a season? They had what four games canceled? Yeah, either because of COVID or Utah State boycotting. Yeah, so so four games canceled. Three of them were not on their decision. Three of them was the other team's decision. COVID and not wanting to play. Oh, that's that rough. sucks. That's hard. I feel bad. That's yeah. That's, that's a tough way to go out. Um. So yeah. Uh, Air Force. Oh, and then San Diego State not getting to a bowl game. San Diego State should have been in a bowl game. Boise State should have been to a, gone to a bowl game. They qualified. They could have gone. Yeah, but they decided not to. Yeah. 
So that's a disappointment to me. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah. Yeah. They should have gone. So hey, by the way, because they they decided they weren't going to go because of uh, COVID, right? Because right. they were tired. I wonder how much do you think that had to do with Harson just being like, "I'm already out." Like I'm, I'm that going somewhere else. That may have been part else. of it. They're like, "Look, we know he's we checked out." Playing. I don't think they knew he was going to be gone. I think he knew though. He and just he kind of like, left in the middle of yeah, the night. Well, says, I, I'm on a plane, guys. Uh, won't be back. Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out on Twitter oh, what's going on. But see, that's the other thing is I kind of wonder if Harson was telling the AD like, "Hey, look, I'm out of here." Like, so they're let's, gonna have to let's find not go find a bowl game. Let's, yeah, it's gonna be messy if we try to do that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So yeah, that, that is a, that's a good one. I think San Diego State should. I mean, they weren't given the chance to be able to go to a bowl game. I, I feel that's unfortunate for them. That's a good football team. I, I think they would have competed. Um, so let's, yeah, that's another disappointment for me. Uh, but you're right. Like San Jose State was great. Nevada was that was a, that was a great story from them. Uh, Strong and Dobbs was just awesome duo. Um, that's all I got. I mean, yeah, there's a lot more disappointments than there was great things. Hey, let's do this. Let's call a timeout here in the full court press. When we come back, should we hear from uh, Coach Smith? Or yeah, Brock uh, Miller? So, yeah, we have Brock Miller and Coach Smith. Uh, I think we just let it uh, play the whole entire post game and. Let him out. It's it's good stuff, and you you you. All, it almost sounds like Coach Smith kind of doesn't need to prep for Air Force because he feels like he's already done his game to prep. Like they've already made adjustments before they even needed to, just in case. <laughs> so you know you you'll you'll get it here in uh, when you listen to him. All right, stick around. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Utah State men's basketball team, wow, taking care of business against Air Force, 83-48. to Dominating performance by the Aggies in Colorado Springs. After the game, Craig Smith met with the media. Good win for the Aggies. I thought we played very, very well. We have so much respect for Air Force, uh, their team, the academy, everything that goes into it. Coach Scott is a very, very good coach. And they're very difficult to prepare for. Uh, like I said in the pregame, um, the way they run their Princeton, you, you know, with a new coach and not having all the time, that's probably hurt. But you can see them getting better every single game from game one to game six. And I thought they played really well at Nevada to earn victory in the, in the first time in the history of Air Force at Nevada. So it's a great win for us. Uh, I thought we defended really well little bit of a slow start. They got us on some back cuts, and that goes back to the preparation. I thought we had good preparation. I thought we had three good days of practice, but it's just so hard to emulate their pace and how they do things, and it showed early. But just like them, just like good offense settling into rhythm, I thought we settled in and started to understand exactly what was coming and just can't understand understate how hard it is when it's your first time going through it. 
And I thought, like I said, I thought we really settled in and made it difficult. And then on the offensive end, you can see we're, we're really starting to play together and really sharing the ball. 24 assists again tonight to nine turnovers. Uh, I loved our bench play. I thought our, our starting five were starting to, starting to show some really good leadership, uh, really all the way up and down the roster. I thought Marco Anthony was really good tonight. I thought Justin Bean was really good. Kata was very good. Um, and Brock Miller was very, very good. And Stephen Ashworth gave a great spark um, as well. And Bearstow too. So we had to negotiate some fouls in that first half. But um, anytime you come away with a win at the Air Force Academy, uh, it's always a very good win. And with that, you guys have any questions? Talk a little bit about your three-point shooting, Coach. It seems like that's really improved. You guys have you know, made, made more threes tonight than you have all season. It's just a good night shooting the ball. Well, we've been in a good rhythm here since the quarantine, quite frankly. Uh, I, I've always felt like we've, we've upgraded our sh three-point shooting as a team. It hasn't exactly shown um, in the box score. And, you know, our offense is a little bit different um, in terms of how we play. And when you have so many new guys – it, and I don't want, I hate being a broken record with new guys, but we all know basketball is a rhythm and timing game. And we're, we, you know, for a while, we're trying to figure out who our team is and who, who's dependable, and trying to put them in the best positions to succeed. And, and it takes some time sometimes. And I think we're starting to kind of hit our stride a little bit, understand our style of play um, and move the movement without the ball and the ball's got to create the offense. And I mean, you look at tonight, with the 24 assists. And I've always felt, you know, good passing teams are good shooting teams. But you look at a guy like Nimiish Keita with five assists, zero turnovers, and Marco Anthony with six assists, zero turnovers. So I, know, I think that's wrong because he had a charge called against them. And Justin Bean with five assists and zero turnovers. And when you can have your bigs that can pass like that, now all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier game. But we have good shooters on our team. Sean Barstow has worked very hard at becoming a more consistent shooter. Um, you know, Brock Miller's playing at a high level right now. Marco Anthony is a good shooter. Ashworth is a good shooter. I can go right down the line. And so Raleigh's been struggling a little bit, but he is a good shooter. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, just in one of those funks that you go through during the course of a season. And it was great to see Bean knocking a couple down tonight. He's worked so hard on his shot and you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but we just keep telling him, keep shooting when you're open because he's put the time in, and it was great to see him knock down that one in the right corner in the first half and then getting one early in the second half as well. Coach, really, how good was your defense tonight to force that many turnovers against a team like this? That was really good. You know, once we settled in, uh, early when it was a closer game, we weren't doing exactly what we were supposed to do with how we guard um, their Princeton offense. But it takes time to settle into that. And once we really settled in and kind of figured out what we were supposed to be doing, then we made it very difficult um, on them. And that's exciting to see. We've been very connected, I would say, the last um, – uh, what's our record? Six and three, so nice. The last seven games, I feel like we've played very connected on the defensive end. Uh, we're starting to make – uh, multiple effort plays, active hands, active feet, and just playing connected where we're all on the same um, sheet of music, so to speak.
Hey, Coach, after the game, you seem to have a, a moment with Brock that was more than just a you know, way-to-go, good game kind of thing. Uh, can you share what you had to say to him and, and how he's been doing? Well, Brock, I'm so excited for him. He's a fantastic person, and uh, he's an Aggie, and he's just playing with um, – I won't get too detailed, but I just love the vigor and the determination he's playing with and the leadership he's playing with. And um, he's playing at a high, high level. Um, on both sides of the ball, and he, he's got a great voice to him. He's a smart, he's a smart young man, but he's also a smart player. And in his voice, in his leadership, and the way he's communicating, is at a high level right now. And I don't think it's an accident that it's showing with our team. And so I just love the determination and the vigor that he is playing with right now. Hey, Coach, Jake from the Utah Statesman. I wanted to ask you, obviously last year, I mean, can't replace Sam Mario, Deogo, and Abel. They're really good. But I want to say this team almost looks more balanced than last year's team and maybe even a little bit deeper. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, uh, you know, our, we got a good team. Um, when we play connected like this, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. And we do. We have a lot of balance on the floor. we got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. I love how we defend and how hard we defend. And it just took us a little time, and sometimes that happens. But I think we're starting to figure out our identity and what we can do. And it's a, it's a fun team to coach. It's, there, there's some, certainly some, some growing pains that we still are learning and, and working hard to, to just get developed, you know, to develop better habits and consistent habits. And, you know, for high school guys and guys that haven't played a lot, it's easy to look out on the floor and say, oh, wow, well, we're, we're Aggies. You get, but no, you got to earn victory every night. You got to earn cutting down the nets. And, and um, we do have a lot of different weapons that can do different things and we have versatility. And, and I think as our backcourt has gained experience and starting to settle in, it's really helped the balance of everybody. And quite frankly, I, as a coaching staff, we had to figure some things out, you know, to provide more balance. But our guards have been playing very, very well here, um, quite frankly, since our quarantine. Need to reach that at some point. So that's uh, Craig Smith and uh, some of his comments post-game after Utah State had that nice win over uh, Air Force earlier this afternoon. Um, we've got more comments from Brock Miller we'll air. We'll share those with you here in a little bit. But uh, nice win by the Aggies. And, Big uh, win. Good to see that the, the, he talked about uh, almost every player he mentioned is working really hard on their shooting. So, you do you, you start to find out that Craig Smith like is able to answer questions without saying a dang thing <laughs> and he just recycles his answers back. I mean, no, it was good, it was good. Oh, yeah, of course, you're going putting to in the work. All right, uh, another time out here on the full court press, some additional thoughts. And uh, coming up next hour, we'll get into. Our pick six and our top sports stories of the year. Stick around. Want to get your feedback on that as well. Coming up on the Full Court Press. I remember driving down Main Street and my dad saying, these businesses support our community. If they die, Cash Valley dies. That seemed a little dramatic to me at the time, but you know, he was right. The businesses here in Cash Valley support our community. They pay local taxes and employ our neighbors. Sure, it's easy to buy online, but remember to shop local businesses online. Out-of-town companies do nothing for our community. Look, many of our local retailers are facing an uncertain future. How about supporting them, just like they support us? Out-of-town corporations aren't hiring our local people, paying local taxes, or donating to your kid's fundraiser. So 
click out of Amazon and go see what our local merchants have to offer. A good place to start would be any of the businesses you hear on this radio station or see on our website. My dad will be proud. So when you can, let's get back together. Let's shop right here in Cache Valley. Visit CacheValleyMediaGroup.com for ideas. You see them everywhere. You may own one. In fact, you may be wearing one right now. A t-shirt printed by The Logo Shop. The Logo Shop's been around 30 years and printed over a million shirts. Have them custom print your shirts. For businesses, teams, clubs, groups, family reunions, The Logo Shop screen prints t-shirts, custom embroiders golf shirts and outerwear. The Logo Shop could put your logo on anything. From pens and water bottles to travel bags and coolers. See more at WeLogoStuff.com. The Logo Shop. The Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. Wanting to stay six feet away but needing information about Medicare? We can help. Are you getting the most out of your Medicare benefits? Let us make sense of all the fine print. In person, over the phone, or electronically, we can provide you the answers you need. Having a local agent to help you when issues or concerns arise makes all the difference. Call 752-9493 or visit our website at lssins.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Andre Salveson hey, uh, here on the Full Court Press. Let me ask you, we said an over-underline. Johnny Hughes with us, too. It's good John Russell on here. Uh, but let me, let me ask you, we'll set a line for conference games being played. I hate to do this, but we did it for football. Let's do it for basketball. Uh, what should we set the line at? How many conference games do we have? 18? 20? How many conference games are supposed to be played? Yeah, 20, right? 18. Is it 18? Didn't it change this year? Yeah, didn't they move from 18 to 20? You're not going to have 20, though. Oh, okay, so yeah, so set me a line. Should we say 15 and a half? Or is that too low? I think that's realistic. That are played, I guess. Well, because can you make them up too? Do they have time to make up those games? They don't. Not yeah. that many. Not that many. Yeah, they, there's 20 conference games on the schedule this year for Utah State. Okay, so how many get played as scheduled? All right, if we have to set a line, I'll set it at what, 16 and a half? Oh, I'd take the over. I guess you're, you're 18. Because, because, by the way, San Jose State has already had two games that they have to play now. I mean, they've had postponed, they have to play. Colorado State, I think, has had two, right? Maybe they haven't yet. I mean, you have teams that are... Well, the series against San Diego State and Colorado State was postponed. But the series against... So but the series have with to be, San Diego State and UNLV was also postponed. So they're playing Colorado State uh, Saturday. And Saturday game, and Monday? They got a game against UNLV that got postponed. Yeah, the series against... Oh, that was the game was supposed to be on... That was supposed to be this Saturday on CBS. That's supposed to be like on the mothership. Well, they're playing Colorado State on CBS Saturday at two. So they took out oh, and they took out the UNLV game for that, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. So yeah, you. So if I say sixteen and a half, you say over. I take that's the played over. as scheduled. That's optimistic, which is great. I mean, I just I hope that's the case. I mean, like we've seen game like Utah State Lady Aggies went to San Jose State, and the day of the game, like they they're told, "Hey, you're done. You're going home." That's uh, yeah, it's just like I mean it can be the day of. I'm going. I'm going under. John Russell, thirty seconds or less. Quick observations of today's we game. We gotta get a segment like Good that. Win. 
Guys are working hard. They're working on their shots. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're, they're playing better and better. And I think these two teams were the right teams for right now. I, I, I think you've got you've got bench players that are getting a lot of minutes that are going to be beneficial down the line, and uh, and people are just finding their roles. And Brock Miller, man, he's I've been critical of him up till now. He's he's playing some mighty good basketball. Yeah, it's fun to see the shot go, th- yeah. see the ball go through the hoop for him. Oh, dang on those time. shots. Yeah, he's a, he's a weapon. If he can make it, Working really helps space shot. the floor, make everything happen. Working on a yeah. shot. Stick around. I'm coming up more Patrick next hour. This is above the noise. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. Hoping for a glad to see this here. Happier New Year. Just freaking leave. I'm so sick of this. Hey, it wasn't all bad. There were some really good things that happened this year. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. It's in my top ten. Well, good story, Mister Optimistic. There were good things that happened. Brutal. Hey, uh, 435-339-0321. If you're just jumping onto the show, thanks for joining us. Grateful to have you all. Uh, your 2020 sports stories. What stood out to you? Nationally, locally, whatever you got. Let's hear them. Hockey, cricket, golf, basketball, baseball. What I mean, what is it? Want to hear everybody's stories. And uh, we got we, we already have a few texts I think we need to get through. Um, they're, uh, they're 2020 sports stories. And we'll share ours as well and see how they match up. Uh, speaking of texts, we got one from 9315 oh. who says, don't know if it was talked about, but Bean has done it again, improving his game by the three-point shot. Yeah, had two of them, both in the corner. It's getting better. Yeah, earlier in the season when I would see him take three-point shots, oh, I would pull man. my hair like, yeah. why? Cold why are eyes. you sh- taking that shot? But if he wants a shot at uh, to play at the next level, because of his size, he needs to be able to hit that shot with some regularity. Well, and here's how, okay, so here's how the other way, I look at like a street ball kind of thing. Like, if I'm going to work my butt off to save your guys' rear ends because you can't make a shot and I have to go fetch a rebound for you, I'm going to take a three if I'm open then because I've earned <laughs> it, all right? I chase down your guys' missed shots, okay, that are like 40 feet, you know, to the side of the rim. You can go chase one of mine once in a while. So go chase mine. Oh, wait, I'm going to make it. Never mind. Just go to the other side of the court. That's where you'll find it. So no, he he he's 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 gotten so much better. Yeah, two uh, he's for continuing three today. improving. Yeah, he was great today. So fifteen points, three steals, five assists, four rebounds. A very solid day. Tell me, that's Bean. just that's. And you know what? You know what's crazy is that's just a normal Bean day. Like that's just a whole hum, you know, middle of the work kind of day for Bean. It's it's became routine for him for the last two years. Three seasons, whatever it is now, and uh, it's just it's impressive. Would you call him Routine Bean? Yep. You like that? Routine Bean. Didn't even have to think about it. Just said it. <laughs> okay. I spoke it into existence. <laughs> You're good at that. Yes, I am. Uh, nice win for the Aggies, 83-48 to over Air Force, their third conference victory for the season. They are sitting on top of the Mountain West right now. Boise plays later tonight. They're likely to get a victory. Uh, Nevada and New Mexico play each other later on tonight as well. I think they split that series. I think that's going to go one-on-one. The Nevada-New Mexico yeah. series? Yeah, it I It could. Do. It could. 
but nice performances by several different players by Utah State. Um, Keta, look, he does things that don't always show up in a stat sheet, but he had 10 points, five assists, two steals, one block, uh, five rebounds. He's filled up a stat sheet. Another great performance by Marco Anthony, but perhaps one that stood out the most to me was Brock Miller, and he has been consistent from beyond the arc. Um, he's a, That, that three-point shot is falling for him. He is a big outside threat now for the Aggies in uh, three or four games straight. He's been very consistent with his shot, and he was a big role, played a big role in their win today. And uh, he met with the media after the game. Here's Brock Miller talking about uh, his team's win in Colorado Springs over the Air Force Academy. Of course, it always helps when the right thing is queued up. You, like, I love how you tease it, and you don't even look where the like what the board looks like and what's going <laughs> on. I had to change it because John then Russell like, came Oh, wait in a here. minute. My bad. John Russell messed me up. Oh, John, don't blame Jonathan. I will blame him. No, he was kind enough to join us. Yeah, but he messed up the board. I called. You do that to the guests, too. Hey, thanks for taking time out of our day to join us. <laughs> Okay, here's Brock Miller. <laughs> All right, yeah, sounds good. No, I thought we uh, shared the ball really well. We had a good game. You know, Air Force is a really uh, tough team to guard, uh, you know, their offense and what they do. They're a really good team, especially at home. You know, any anytime you can get a win here at Air Force, it's, it's big time, and we're really thrilled about that. Uh, but they're well coached, and they run their stuff, and uh, they're really good. So, you know, we – you know, we look at this game. I think we had uh, coach said it. I think already, 24 assists as a team, and then that's huge against a team like this. You know, and, and we really just moved it. We got good shots. We knocked them down. We played together. And I think defensively too, we held them to low 30 percent. I think or something like that. I I don't have a stat sheet right now, but um, but yeah, we we did really well defensively with with them and what they do. So, you know, overall, I, I'm I'm really happy with with what we were able to do tonight and. You know, we got to come back and be ready to go again. You know, it's kind of crazy this year with the with the schedule, with the back-to-back, because, you know, anything can happen, um, you know, especially that second game. So we got to come ready to roll here in two days. Hey, Brock, you guys, you guys force them to, you guys force them into 26 turnovers. That's, that's just, and you, and you turn it into 45 points. I thought that was just <clears> huge tonight, the turnovers you guys forced. You mentioned the defense, but that, was there anything special that was going on? <clears throat> Yeah, I think what we did really well is we were really active on the ball, um, and, and it caused a lot of deflections. You know, Nimi, Nimi saved us a lot on a lot of back doors because of just how active he was with his hands, same with Bean and, and these other guys. And so, you know, when we're able to do that and, and, um, and, and run out, you know, we, we're a good up-and-down team. So that's just led to our transition game, which is, is what we're good at. And so – that was really helpful. I think just active hands, active feet. You know, coach talks about that all the time with us. And I thought we did a good job with that tonight. And also just being in the right position. You know, our coaches do a good job, too, of helping us out, you know, scouting and, and running through their stuff. And, you know, our scout team this week was really good um, in practice, which really helped us. And, you know, I think just the positioning and just how our activity led, led us to be able to get, get them to turn the ball over, which led to easy offense for us. Brock Al Lewis, uh, a couple games ago, I asked the coach after the game about your defense on the Northern Colorado guy. I remember he ga- he gave you that assignment. And it seems yeah. like ever since then, you played a whole lot better in all of your game. When you finally had a real big defensive assignment, did a good job on defense, and it's changed your game. 
Yeah, no, it definitely has, you know, just the mentality of making sure that I'm doing my job on the defensive end. Cause you know, when I'm able to do that and be talking to these guys, you know, it really helps everyone else kind of, kind of talk to each other and, and gets us going and moving. And frankly, honestly, it's, it's helped me offensively too. Um, and just my mindset and everything. And, you know, I'm really, really glad coaches have given me the, that opportunity um, these, these last, these last few games to be able to, to guard, um, guard their, their best player in, in some of the games. And so, um, yeah, definitely it's, it's been a, a focus of mine to keep improving that way. I still, I still got some work to do, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Brock, Jake from the Statesman. Um, I just watching the game, you missed your first two threes, but then you just kind of have that level of confidence. You just kept shooting and you finished with 14 points and four made threes. Talk about how your, um, your jump shot and your confidence level has improved and how you've been able to kind of hit your stride so far this year. Yeah, I was about to lose my mind with some of those shots in the first half. They felt so good. Um, but, yeah, just sticking with it. And the key is just shooting good shots. You know, if I got a good look, you know, I get, just got to rise up and shoot with confidence. And my teammates, you know, even Nimi at halftime just said, keep shooting. He said, I'm going to find you. So, you know, when you have teammates like that and, and guys that, you know, drive and kick and just make it easy for you to get open looks, I mean, it's, it's not hard to knock them down just because when you get a good rhythm three, you know, it's it's nice and it's it's very helpful to to get going um, that way. And I think just the way that we're playing, all of us guards and bigs and forwards, uh, we're really just sharing the ball with each other. And it just leads to just open looks. And when we get open looks, we we knock them down. So, you know, it's it's a big thing for us to just keep doing that. But, yeah, I'm glad that I was able to come out and, and uh, knock some shots down that second half especially. So, got to keep keep rolling. Got to keep rolling. That's what he's doing. He is rolling. Dude, yeah, if this Brock Miller would have played last year, um, I mean, not that our year what, ended horribly. We still won the Mountain West Conference Championship. Well, they Probably yeah. would have took first place, though, in the regular season. Probably would have won the regular season title, too. They've probably been worthy of their top 15 preseason yeah, ranking. definitely. I'm not saying it's all on him. Don't get no. me wrong. But there, I mean, he sucked. Like uh, he, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but he struggled. Of course you, would, you wouldn't say that. You're a nice guy, but I'm a realistic <laughs> guy. And he played like crap. So he's gotten much better. He's gotten back into form and where he should be. Yeah, he's been much more consistent. He's been that outside weapon that Utah State needs that creates that spacing, that they have to take him seriously. Um, yeah, he's he's played well. Look, it uh, look at his last couple of games. Uh, 14 points against San Jose in their 107-62 to 62 point blowout. Uh, 12 points in their blowout, 85-52 to 52 blow, over San Jose. Um he was uh, in, and then the the fourteen point performance again today. So, um, you know, he's uh, his game is coming along these last couple of games, and hopefully, it's not just a like a a rare thing that happens. It only comes along once in a while, but uh, that we see more of it. Because against Idaho, he only scored College of Idaho only two points. Against BYU, only three points. <coughs> so he's had some games where he's just hasn't quite been there, but. Something has clicked for Brock Miller, and it's a big addition for Utah State. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I think it's a team thing, though, right? I mean, there's Brock. There's, I mean, again, Worcester scored four points and then won by 30-something points. It's incredible. 
Uh, big contributions off the bench by uh, Stephen Ashworth, who had 10 points, a couple of assists and a steal. Uh, Bearstow, nine points off the bench. Uh, solid performance for him, four rebounds and an, and an assist. But um, what stood out to me in today's game was just the, the defense and how they were able to uh, create turnovers and then f- transition fast break points uh, a- as a result. That was huge. The way Utah State was able to clamp down defensively and and get the Air Force uh, kind of on their heels, that was big. Forcing defensive pressure early, creating havoc and chaos. And again, it's hard to recover from that. And I, I don't know if Air Force just didn't scout it right. If they were looking at something else or if they were overthinking it. But, I mean, offensively, they looked like a mess facing that Aggie defense. And the Aggies didn't do anything special defensively. Honestly, they didn't. It was just more defensive pressure and Falcons didn't respond to it well. Or, I mean, self-forced turnovers were unreal. That was, that was incredible. 9315 poses an interesting question on our text line. I think the Aggies playing like this is a better team than last year. Hope we can keep it going. Uh yeah, I so they could they could be better for a couple of reasons. One, everybody's got to contribute, right? Like I mean, everybody's got to score, everyone's got to participate, everyone's got to be active. Last year, we 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 relied way too much on Sam Merrill to get us out of a hole, and more often than not, Sam Merrill got us out of that hole. Now, if you're down by 16 to or down by 11 to New Mexico with nine and a half remaining in the game, someone else is gonna have to figure it out. Um, you're still gonna need a guy to go to who can. Still put you know the ball in the bucket at reliable times. I think Wooster is that guy, but he's young, really inexperienced. Um, but again, I I don't know if they'll be better than last year, but I think the team contribution part will be bigger than it was last year. I think that's a fair differentiation. I think it's more of a team concept this year. Not that it wasn't a team concept, but it did rely a lot on Sam, uh, and it has to be more of a a, a team concept. Everybody. You know, doing lifting their weight, doing their part, um, but in in a tight situation, you're right. Who is going to be that guy? If the Aggies need a bucket, where's the ball going? Is it go to Nimi in the post? Is it Raleigh? Does he create? Do you put the ball in the hands of the Dude, true freshman? I think Raleigh proved it can be him against BYU. I think Raleigh really proved that it can be him. Now look, yeah, he did short end a free throw. But put him in that place nine out of ten times, Eric, he's making it. Is it Marco with his experience? Um, I don't know if Marco says his – he's good getting to the rim, but as a reliable jump shooter, I think it's still Wooster. Like, if you, if, if you aren't given that lane to get to the hoop and you got to take a, an 18, 19, 20-footer contested, I'd rather have Wooster shoot it than Marco. With all due respect to Marco, though. No matter what, it was a good win for Utah Great State. Great win, Eric. Good to get a big uh, uh, cushion there. You can get a lot of play on your uh, from your bench. As we've said before, uh, injuries could happen at any time. COVID, contact tracing could keep guys out of games. So it's good to get good minutes from, uh, from a deep bench because you don't know at what time you may need to call on these guys to help you out. Uh, all right, let's do this. Let's call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the Aggie game, of course, we'll always entertain that. Feel free to text us, 435-339-0321, or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. But let's get into the top stories of the last year. It's the last day of 2020, so let's reflect on the year that was. There are some good things, despite what Ajay believes, uh, and there were some not-so-good things, which Ajay and I will agree upon. But in what order? And we'd love to get your thoughts on some of the top stories or bigger stories from the last year. Feel free to text us 
and let us know some things that we shouldn't miss. It's all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. I should have mentioned this. Uh, Near the top of the hour, our AM signal, 1390, powered down. It does this every night and does this every night at sunset. It's an FCC regulation thing. The way that the radio waves, AM radio waves work in the evening when the sun goes down, it gets funky at night. But um, it's the final sunset. The sun has gone down officially on 2020. We just got to wait for the calendar to turn over later tonight. So the year has come to a close. It is coming to a close at the end of the day. So it's caused us to reflect back on the year that was. And think about the, the top stories of the past year in sports. So, Ajay, what were some of the top sports stories this past year? Okay. Let's start with number 10 and work our way to number one. Okay, so we are rating them. Well, son of a... Okay, cool. <coughs> oh, did you not rank yours? No, I didn't think... I didn't... Dude, how are you supposed to rank... All right, fine. All right, fine. Hold on one sec. I'll rank them for you. You're going to like this. Hold on. Everybody freaking... Hold on. Hey, by the way, we didn't get that many text. We need more text. We need to read those ones too, Eric. Don't forget about those people. Yes, we did get a few. Yes, we did. That came in. All right. I'm ready. You have yours ranked? That was fast. All right. You ready? All right. Sure. I'll number, let you go first. Number 10. Number Diace. Mason Falsloves concludes his historic athletic career. I remember like when we talked to Kirk Killer, and every time we talked about, you know, as a panel about player of the year, football or basketball, it was always Mason Falsloves at the top. And rightfully so. I still remember calling a Bear River a Skyview game at Bear River. Winner gets the driver's seat to the region championship. Probably clinches it. They were going to clinch it the next week, in which Skyview did. This was basketball or football? Uh, basketball. Okay. And Bear River's up by like three. And this is like early, early second quarter. Mason scored 13 unanswered points. And Skyview never looked back. At that point, before Mason had scored 13 answers, he had, he had like six. He finished the game with 37 on the road in front of a hostile crowd. And I sat there and I was calling the game. And I, as you know, like, uh, as a play-by-play guy, you don't, you're not a spectator. But you almost couldn't help yourself just watching him play. And every way he could score. And then I had a chance to watch one of his football games. And just, like, he, he wasn't the quarterback. It was Carlson. But yet the guy had a kick return for a touchdown, had a rushing touchdown, a catching touchdown, and then he had a throw on a halfback pass or like a receiver throwing touchdown. In one freaking game, man. <laughs> like this guy could walk your dog, mow your lawn, throw a touchdown, and win you a ball game all the exact same time. The Utes got him for a basketball scholarship. I'm going to get bold here. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a member of the Utah State Aggie basketball team when he comes back. Wow. Okay, interesting take. Uh, number 10 on my list, uh, Kayla Ard replaces Jerry Finkbeiner. Mm. 
and becomes the new head coach for the Utah State women's basketball program. Saucy. Um, there were moments in time when the USU women's basketball program looked like they might turn a corner, but then there was always something else that happened. Players would transfer. Uh, it was hard for that team to gain traction. Then they actually started to, to be a little bit better, and then Jerry Finkbeiner started to have some health issues. Um, and then he bowed out, said he was going to be done. So Utah State needed to make a new uh, a new hire, go in a different direction. And uh, Kayla Ard uh, was announced as a new women's basketball coach in early March and uh, had been an assistant, had been highly regarded as a great recruiter, uh, but uh, is going to be her, the new head coach. And um, it's early in her tenure at Utah State, but so far it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's promising. It's definitely promising. Uh, my number nine is going to be the cancellation of Utah High School Spring Sports. And I put it at number nine because it was, and i got to be careful how I phrase it, but it wasn't a whole entire calendar year. It was just that spring, which is still really unfortunate because Mount Crest had probably had a 4A state championship contending baseball team. Ridgeline was going to be really good with baseball. He had a couple of really good girls softball teams. Boys soccer loses out as well. But it was a big deal because, I mean, we just we didn't know how serious to take it until we had that. And then everyone kind of perked their ears, opened their eyes a little bit wider, and it turned a lot of heads. Mm, yes, that's, uh, that one's on my list, but not at that level. Uh, for me, number nine is Mason Falslov. Uh, tremendous player, a tremendous athlete, uh, <laughs> so many accolades a- as a player. Whether it was football or basketball, he was the most dominant player on the court or on the field. A uh, couple games that I saw, um, he'd, go, he'd find the, the best player on the opposing team and go right at him, And they couldn't stop him in basketball. And, and in football, it was no different. He had that injury for a little bit, uh, came back and uh, played a different position, was still dominant. Uh, so just a tremendous athlete, uh, led his team to multiple championships, whether it was in football or basketball, or runner-up finishes in football or basketball throughout his entire career. So uh, great legacy left behind by Mason Falslow. Good one. I like it. Uh, number eight on my list is the Skyview Ridgeline duel this year in football. Like, we haven't had a game like that where it was number one versus number two in 4A with all of 4A's eyes watching that game that happened. And it turned out to be a dandy of a football oh, game. To the I wire. mean, a field goal. Ends up deciding a missed field goal ends up de- or a made field goal ends up deciding it was it made it was right made. yeah um that's what decides it and I just thought the attention the tension um and just I mean it sparked a little bit of a rivalry he had the Isaac Larson strut walking into the end zone before getting crushed uh and then they turn around and they play in the state semifinal again Caden Cox unfortunately injures his leg um game gets out of hand from there. But they were missing players with COVID and coaches with because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And so there was just a lot of it, it, it was it was a what if for Ridgeline, right? But I thought it was a wonderful, really cool thing to have all eyes on Cash Valley and to see great football be played from two really well coached and two really good football teams. Mm, good one uh, for me. Number eight, the Utah State gymnastics uh, program oh, had a really one. special year yeah. last year, uh, and then it was cut short, obviously, because of of COVID. But uh, they had set some really high marks uh, over the course of their season. They had beat some ranked teams. Uh, Southern Utah and BYU were ranked. They were able to beat them. Started out the season kind of slow, but then uh, finished strong, and they were on. They had a lot of momentum behind them. It was really unfortunate that they weren't able to uh, finish out their season and, 
and go to their uh, their postseason. But uh, USU Gymnastics had a really good year and uh, excited to see what, what this next year could bring for them. Number seven, right? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with the high school state championship teams that won state championships. Uh, Ridgeline Girls, who finished on a 10-game winning streak to win theirs. Uh, uh, football for Skyview, right? Uh, domination, like, till the very... I mean, the way they dominated in region and going into the state tournament was just incredible. Uh, and then Mountain Crest Wrestling, in, in just Coach, coach J. Toby's second year, he's named 4A Coach of the Year, and they cruised to a state championship as well in incredible dominating fashion. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of high school championships, uh, a lot of hardware coming to Cache Valley this year. Number seven on my list is Blake Anderson, named as a new head coach at Utah State for the football team. A coach that had seven seasons Six very successful seasons uh, with the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Uh, this his seventh season is last year there. Uh, close games, but they didn't have a winning record. The only season with, that wasn't a winning record that included postseason uh, bowl games. Um, but uh, uh, really, I think an exciting hire for Utah State with what he could bring to the Aggie football program. Um, he's got a lot of work to do to try to mend fences and, and to get this uh, team together and behind him, but that's an exciting hire, and I think that's big news for Utah State uh, moving forward in their football team. Okay. Number six? Yes. Yeah, number six. Okay. Uh, Kayla Ard being named as the women's basketball coach. Like, do, we, wow. rem- we remember... Um, Surprised you put it that high. Well, and it's because of the transition. Like, Jerry Finkbeiner, or, is that, or uh, the... Who was it, Jerry or Henry well, Finkbeiner? It was Jerry, and then okay, it was Jerry, uh, and then it was his son. His son Ben was the interim. Ben, thank you. First season, yeah. Jerry was tired. Uh, offense was stale. Team wasn't going anywhere. You had girls. Yet you, you had good basketball players in the program that were quitting and leaving and going elsewhere after one year. They didn't want to play for him. Um, team was immensely struggling. You weren't getting any sort of support, um, except from the administration from the athletics department. That was the only support they were really getting it from. Kayla Artis came in. She's been willing to do interviews. She wants to talk to people. She's been willing to get out. She's very vo- uh, active in a really good way on social media where she'll act in with you, and she thanks you for your support. She's willing to show her face out there to the community to get herself out there. Um, I've talked to the SID, Jane Johnson, and he's a big, big fan of how involved she wants to be. Um, she has changed. I mean, I mean look, I, you're right. The season's early. They lost by five to San Jose State, who's picked to finish second in the Mountain West. Game two got suspended. They just beat Air Force today. Um, they uh, competed, and they beat a good UTEP team who at the time was undefeated. I know we still got a long ways to go, but in regards of an interactive standpoint, a behavior standpoint, a moral standpoint, we are ground and ground above where we used to be. Mountains higher. Than we used to be. And there is much, much, Eric, I can say this with confidence, much more excitement in the USU women's program than there has been in a very, very long time. And that is because of Coach Kayla Ard. Yeah, I'm excited to see what she can bring for Utah State. Uh, number six on my list, Sam Merrill drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. That's that low? Um, it's the... <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the uh, the the first time an Aggie has been selected in the draft. J.C. Carroll fan. Ni- no, since 1986. 
Uh, it was an exciting night. Um, I was I was actually out of the country on the draft night when it was happening and trying to watch it in Spanish, <laughs> trying to wait for his name to be called. And then at the very end, uh, exciting to hear Sam Merrill's name get called. Originally, it was uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, but it was part of a trade, and he ends up in Milwaukee. And to go with that, just in this very short season so far, um, exciting to see the role that he is playing. He's playing quality minutes. He's not tucked deep on the bench or going to the G League. They are they are using Sam Merrill, and he's been perfect from beyond the arc, and uh, he's part of history now with that shot that uh, set the new record for three-pointers made in an NBA game. He was the one who put the ball through the hoop to set officially set the record. Wow. Cool being a Carroll fan. Um, number four, right? Number five. Number five. Oh, geez. Okay. Number five is Gary Anderson being let go. Uh, in year two of a second stint here, obviously things did not go well from the very get-go. Um, add that in with bringing in a transfer quarterback who a lot of guys didn't want to see here in the first place. Chasing out a guy who had been as loyal as he possibly could. Um, and then, I mean, after the Nevada game, things just seemed weird. Things really seemed weird that night. I think I told you a couple off-air stories about it um, that we can't tell on air. But I think it kind of explained just how odd and how just walking on eggshell-like things were here at, 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 at within the football regard. Um, and then Saturday morning, it comes out and everyone's just kind of like, what the fetch is going on? How, how did this happen? Where did it come from? You know, and, um, and, and, you know, people had a lot of questions, but yeah. So number five for me is, uh, Anderson being let go. Number five on my list is spring sports being canceled, uh, for high school <clears throat> athletics. That high? I put it higher because it affected hundreds and thousands of players. And for some of these seniors, well, for all the seniors, they didn't have a season. Like if that was their uh, sport, that was like their thing. Uh, some some kids, they play in multiple sports, but some, it's like they have one sport that they specialize in that they can play. And that one sport, that one opportunity got taken away from them. So no <clears throat> like spring golf for the girls, uh, softball, baseball, boys soccer, lacrosse. It, it affected thousands of kids. So that's... That's why that's higher on my list. I think that was a big impact, and I really feel bad. And there was that uh, campaign, you know, "Let Us Play," that kind of got gained some traction. They're like, look, there's there's a way to still let us play. We can be safe, but UHSAA said no. We've made our decision. We're sticking to it. And it was it was sad. It was unfortunate. Four, yes, number four. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert being re-signed. I, do you remember when, like, when we would used to have superstars and we were like, oh my gosh, when are they leaving? When are they leaving? They're going to go. It's it's free agency. Oh man, like the Warriors are going to talk to him, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Suns, the Heat, the whoever. And we were all just kind of terrified about losing a superstar. Everyone thought about it, Rudy Gobert, and everyone definitely thought about that with Donovan Mitchell, especially with all the racial tension going on within the state of Utah. Um, from fans to players of other teams. Gosh, and, their relationship with each other. Yeah, yeah, and that one, and that's a major part of it as well. So then, fast forward to what a month ago, Donovan signed a hundred seventy-five million dollar extension, and Rudy Gobert has now just signed a two hundred five million dollar extension. You keep your two superstars around for five, six years. That that's amazing, and that's humongous, and that's Ryan Smith, by the way, being the owner, the new owner, and being willing to dole out the, a couple extra shiny bucks to say, "Look, we care about you guys. We want this franchise to be on the up and up. Okay, we can't be plateauing anymore. That doesn't work." 
Um, and now if you can build right around it, you could be an NBA title contending team. Mm, I like it. Uh, number four on my list, it's also about a professional league, but still has a local connection. This is Jordan Love, drafted in the first round by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, first Aggie football player, drafted in the first round since Phil Olson was fourth overall back in 1970. It doesn't happen very often to see a Utah State football player drafted. It was certainly not that high. But Jordan Love had a tremendous career with Utah State, set a lot of records or is right close to a lot of records, second all-time in school history in passing yards, completions, attempts. I mean, it's a long list of all the great things that he did. He did set several other school records and with uh, total offense and uh, 300-yard passing games, things like that. But uh, a tremendous career by Jordan Love. We haven't really seen him yet in an NFL game, but uh, the fact that he was drafted so high and that the Green Bay Packers moved up to get him is what was really noteworthy for me and all the attention that he got leading up to the draft as well. Where are we at? Three? Number three. Uh, Jordan Love and Sam Merrill being drafted. Um, <laughs> like We all knew Jordan Love could get drafted in the NFL. We all saw that coming. We didn't see it coming in the first round. And we didn't see it going. And, and and the crazy part is he was in the, like, I mean, it was national headline because of the team he was going to and who he the starting quarterback was. Then it was, oh, my gosh, this is our backup and our future starter if all things go well. Like, this will be the starting quarterback after Aaron Rodgers retires or is gone to another team. And uh, that was crazy just to hear Jordan's love name, Jordan Love's name day after day after day Fox Sports was Colin Coward. Doug Gottlieb talked about it. Dan Patrick talked about oh, it. Yes. You go and you turn on the TV, and it's on Sports Center with Adam Scheffler. Uh, you turn on uh, First Takes, get Bayless and Shannon Sharper talking about it. Uh, get Right with Nick uh, with Nick Wright was talking. I mean, dude, there were so many people, National Spotlight, talking about Jordan Love and whether he was worthy, as dumb as this sounds, worthy of being the backup to Aaron Rodgers. And it was just incredible, and the attention he got. Sam Merrill being drafted. Look, everybody south of us said, Sam Merrill doesn't have a shot to play in the NBA. He won't even make it in China. He won't even make it in Europe. They're going to send him to the, to the team in Pluto because he's that bad, <laughs> supposedly. Um, what Sam Merrill has done, not only getting drafted, and I remember I, someone um, who was there uh, filmed the phone call, and you see Sam telling him, it's the best decision you will make. Sam has now came in and got early season minutes. Not major, early season minutes, though. And has been really, really good. And especially defensively where people said he wasn't that great. Um, and Sam's going to Sam's gonna trend upward, I think, in, in his career. And I think Jordan Love, when he's given the opportunity and the appropriate reps, in OTA, spring ball, preseason and such, he'll get better as well. I look forward... Two great players from Utah State are now playing professional ball in the same state. Pretty cool. That is very cool. Uh, number three uh, for me is uh, multiple state championship trophies coming to Cache Valley. Um, nine championships. Nine. Uh, when you include the uh, Preston and Westside, what they were able to do. Uh, Skyview had multiple state championships, football and volleyball. Uh, Preston won championships in girls' soccer and boys' cross-country. Uh, boys' basketball was a runner-up. Uh, by the way, Skyview Swimming was a runner-up. Uh, boys' basketball was a runner-up last year. 
West Side won state championships in football and volleyball. Ridgeline won a state championship in girls' soccer. Mountain Crest won the state championship in wrestling. The Green Canyon duo of Marin McKenna and Kate Anderson won it in tennis. So a lot of championship hardware uh, in trophy cases here in Cache Valley. So great, great efforts by all those players, their coaches, their families. It takes a lot for that to happen. And uh, that's number three on my list. It was awesome to see so many teams, despite all the coronavirus weirdness, still come through and win championships. Number two on my list is the uh, ending of the Utah State football season. Isn't it crazy that, I mean, I received a text message from somebody saying, hey, the game's going to get called off. Keep it between us, um, but just be ready for that. Because I was, you know, going to, uh, we, I mean, I, I was going to actually go do the game with uh, Jane Johnson for Weber State, but um, the next day. But I was like, wait a minute, well, what's going on? Like, I thought there was just a COVID test, tested positive, and I mean, that's just how things go. And I felt bad. But then, as the story came out, that there is an allegation that there was reports of President Cockett supposedly making um, some, you know, racial and religious biased comments. Man, this thing picked up steam really, really quickly. And I remember I had another personal item to deal with that day. But the, my, like the, I got I to gotta tell you, my whole entire mind was set on, what do we tell our audience? How do we come out about this? How do we share it without trying to take, without seeming like we're trying to take a side, which we weren't? We were, re- I mean, and Eric, I want to give you credit for reporting it straight down the line. I went back and listened to that show, I think two days later. You were incredible. I don't think you realize how well you handled that. Calling it straight down the line. Like, you would never be like, by the way, this is what happened. This is how it happened. You never said that. I mean, and it could have been, and it could have just accidentally slipped out. The whole entire time, you just said, it is reported. Let me emphasize the word, it is reported. Here is the player's statement towards, and then you give credit to the source. Um, but I, I just never listened to that, and I was like, wild day. crap. It was one of the most insane things ever. Eric, we ended our season on a forfeit, man. <laughs> yeah. Because of, of, of comments. And I mean, and, and by the way, the story's not really done yet. We still don't no, know what the ending's right. going to be like. And so it's unsettled. That's my number two. Number two for me, Sam Merrill hits that dramatic shot over San Diego State uh, at the end of the game to give Utah State a victory over the number five ranked Aztecs to win the Mountain West Conference Championship for the second year in a row. It would have ensured uh, an automatic trip to the NCAA tournament. It never happened. Bonkers, man. But uh, that was number two. I mean, that that shot, that series, look, that whole series, I mean, they were dramatic close finishes each of those three games in that conference tournament, and Sam Merrill was electric throughout that entire series. Yeah, my number one, Sam Merrill. Eric, before we started that tournament, the Aggies had just got blown out. Well, not blown out, but they got beat, I mean, in a, almost a sound manner. They know it was a close game, but just physically were outdone, outcoached, um, outplayed on the backcourt side as well. Uh, and they were looking at on the first four out of the NCAA tournament. So so, so someone said, okay, well, you got to beat New Mexico, and then you, you might have a chance. You're down by 11 with nine and a half left in the game, and Sam Merrill has four fouls. He comes in and doesn't foul out the whole entire the rest of the night, puts on a show for everyone to watch, um, and they win that game. And then it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, now you're gonna play a tough Nevada team. Well, Wyoming beats Nevada, and then you got you get them in the semifinal, and everyone thought that'd be a cakewalk. 
Wyoming's up by one with like six minutes left. And it's like, what, what in the world's going on here? And if you lose to Wyoming, you're definitely not making it to the NCAA tournament. So then they get by Wyoming thanks to Keta and to Sam. And then here comes the championship game and says, and everyone says, okay, well, we think you're in, but it's not for sure. There's a chance, but uh, it's pretty fringy to say the least. You got to keep it close. They're down 27 to 11 uh, because Sam has to go out with two fouls. Team can't break a full court press for some reason without Sam. They need Sam. Uh, Bean's airmailing it to like the fourth row behind Craig Smith. Uh, Brito's dribbling it off his foot. I mean, everything's going wrong. And by the way, uh, Porter has a broken back, and he's still playing. Barristow has broken his wrist. He's out. And Sam Merrill puts on an absolute show again. Like a finale that nobody will ever forget here in Cash Valley. Ever. Nobody will ever, ever forget what they were able to watch. Um, And took our team from being the first four out to a guaranteed bid in the NCAA tournament. And I can almost dang well guarantee you they probably would have won a game. In that NCAA tournament, I just they. I mean, that's one team who got really robbed of being able to show off something. But you know what? With with the other thing about it, nobody talks about. It was one week before everything else was canceled. That's true. They were able to get the tournament in. It was uh, earlier than normal Mountain West Conference tournament, and good thing that it was because those were magical three days. Uh, My number one is the coaching controversy with Utah State football. Hmm. Um, Just everything with Coach Anderson that happened. uh, The Comments from uh, Noel Cockett uh, that were allegedly made. Uh, the players reacted to it. Um, Hartwell has been radio silent on any of it, uh, and uh, there, you know, the board of trustees is going to do an investigation. The board of higher education wants an investigation. Uh, so that was the number one story for me, just because it was so controversial. It's still going on. It had so many different implications. People losing their jobs. Uh, and people might still, it's undecided, others may still lose their jobs or have uh, disciplinary actions as a result of it. Um, I just thought that was so big and had so many different far-reaching implications. That, that That's the number one story. Uh, you already hit on a lot of those things, yeah. but that was the that's the number one story the last year for me. Really quickly, 9310, Talking Sports Testing in Tampa Bay will win the Super Bowl. They will. Number two, Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. Seven-game series was incredible. Oh, that was Number great. one, Lou Williams, Chicken Wings at the Strip Club was one of the best <laughs> stories. 5763, really quickly, had a couple of them. Uh, Utah State men's basketball winning back-to-back uh, championships. Rudy Gobert's COVID-19 test. Uh, the cancellation of the NCAA tournament. Donovan Mitchell in the playoff. Uh, first round, Andy Reid and the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, coming back in the playoffs to do it. And then, of course, the USU football fiasco. Um, those are awesome. Yeah. Well, it's good feedback there from our audience. Love it. That's good. All right, got to take a quick time out here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, a montage of the past year. Stick around. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy 2020 to you all. Audrey Salveson, Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Basketball fans. A tragedy has befallen the world of basketball. Earlier today, at the age of 41, Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash. In 20 seasons with the Lakers, Kobe was a 17-time All-Star, two-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and five-time NBA champion. 
the NBA and the game of basketball will mourn this loss together. Please join us in a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Mamba. So on Friday, we do our Friday Five Best. Utah State's Five Best Guards of all time. Uh, you want to start? Bernard Rock is my number five. My number five is Reed Newey. Number four for me is going to be Roddy Anderson. Uh, my number four is Kendall Youngblood. Probably number three for me is Kendall Youngblood. My number three is Tony Brown. My number two, Tony Brown. Sam Merrill, and this, I labored over this one, but Sam is number two. My number one is Sam Merrill. Well, my number one is J.C. Carroll, and I'm shocked, shocked. You don't even have J.C. Carroll in your top five. Nope. You are on drugs, uh, Jay Salveson. Thank you, Adam. No, put your damn hands Adam, down. Adam, the intern, knows knowledge. I didn't mean to need to sit down and be quiet. He understands no. what's right. Oh, catch and shoot three. Book it. Wow. 25 to 4 run for the Aztecs. Merrill has not attempted a shot until here. And finally, a bucket for the Aggies. Merrill, three ball. There you go. Aggies trying to build a little bit of momentum here as we approach one minute to play. Merrill looking for more. He's got it. Seven in a row. And Merrill, who's made four of the last five, brings the ball up the floor. Aggies riding the wave right now. They keep it rolling. Merrill, great move for two. Mark Few does that every year. This guy here. Triple for Merrill. Merrill, deep three. And the rebound to Merrill. They got to get the last one of the game. Merrill's got to be careful. Shot clock is turned off with 20 seconds to go. They got to take this with about six seconds to go, give enough time for an offensive rebound, and then overtime. They clear out for Merrill. Electing not to call timeout. I like that move. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Oh, my goodness. I'll pledge this to Aggie Nation. I'll do everything within my power to keep Craig Smith as as the uh, head coach of Aggie basketball. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. With the 60th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Sam Merrill from Utah State University. Rudy Gobert has tested positive for the coronavirus uh, that was learned in Oklahoma City prior to that game between the Jazz and the Thunder. Right now, the Thunder and Jazz, I'm told, are both quarantined in that arena. And the NBA has made the decision, they have just announced, that they are suspending play. And then the league is going to use that hiatus to decide their next steps, how they'll go forward. But this is the last night of NBA games for the foreseeable future. Coach Hilliard, uh, Skyview head boys basketball coach. Uh, for uh, the, the second year in a row, our panel have put together their uh, all-region team and named Mason Falsov as the player of the year in back-to-back seasons. It's going to be a long time before you're going to watch an athlete, a basketball player, uh, and a football player as good as Mason is. Come and watch him while you can. Utah Jazz game seven tonight. Everything on the line for the Nuggets and the Jazz. Jazz are 9-0 in series when they lead 3-1. Feels like this game tonight has a very different feel than games 5 and 6 potentially could have for Utah. Just with these game 7s, always expect the unexpected. You have no idea what's going to happen. And I think that's what scares me most. Mike Conley's 0-3 in game 7s. The Utah Jazz have not been, uh, or excuse me, have not lost a game 7 since 1996 in the Western Conference Finals when they faced the Seattle Supersonics in Seattle. 
Got Murray on the switch. Forced it up and got it to go. Donovan Mitchell sensing something brewing. Lead back up to eight. Let's see how the Jazz close out this third quarter. They've done so well. Underneath Gobert. Fouled and one. A quiet night for Connolly until now. Connolly with the layup off the nice in and out. Game seven, that'll happen sometimes. Connolly off glass. Tipped up and in by Gobert. And it's down to a one-point game. He was talking to himself at the other end. Gobert! Rudy, Rudy, and one! Wow! Forget tired, Mitchell! Ties the game at 74. Connolly in the paint. Gobert finishing! And we're tied! Gobert stays on his feet. Tough shot! Made it! Jokic giving Denver a two-point lead. Had it back-tapped. He lost it! The Nuggets come up with a defensive play. Murray. They missed the layup. Gobert got it. Mitchell hanging at the other end. Two seconds to go for the win. And it rims out. Denver hangs on. Welcome to the Mountain West virtual press conference. As announced last night, the Mountain West Board of Directors approved the start of the 2020 football season to begin on Saturday, October 24th. The intent is to play an eight-game schedule and host the Mountain West Football Championship game on Saturday, December 19th. Commissioner Thompson? Thank you, Jaden. So as you can imagine, it's been about as wild a, a seven-month journey to get to where we were last night and, and today's announcement. And we're very excited as a league. The Mountain West Conference looks forward to playing football this fall. On Thursday, we had a football game. Uh, Aggies fall to the Nevada Wolfpack 34-9. And then Saturday arrived and Twitter about broke itself. Uh, Utah State Aggies uh, moving on from their head coach, Gary Anderson, in his second stint after three games. And now with the new interim head coach, uh, in his second stint as the interim head coach, that'd be Frank Miley. No, it, it was it was ultimately uh, our decision, my decision from from a university perspective to go in a different direction. Aggies again make news nationally, and not for a good reason. Just seven days after they lose their head coach, they have dismissed Jason Shelley, starting quarterback for the Aggies, or once was, no longer is. One thing after another occurs, and because of quote unquote team violation. According to the team release, that Jason Shelley has now been dismissed as the quarterback. I've had some questions regarding the Jason Shelley dismissal, and I wanted to give some clarity to that situation. Jason uh, did nothing illegal. He's a great young man. His dismissal was 100% my decision, uh, and, and not due to any misconduct or violation of institutional policies or rules. Utah State football was supposed to board a plane at about 2 o'clock to head over to Fort Collins this afternoon. Well, it didn't happen. And it's uh, now officially, now just within the last few seconds, the game has been officially canceled. Players have issued a statement. This is according to their statement, their official statement that they released to Brett McMurphy and Stadium. We voiced our support for interim head coach Frank Miley. In response to our comments, their primary concern was his religious and cultural background. Players stating their diverse faiths and backgrounds jumped to coach, or Frank Miley's defense in treating everyone with love, equality, and fairness. We're rolling now. So. Microphones are on. No, I'm going to have to edit all this out, you <laughs> fetch. I messed up. You knew I messed up. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I'm ready to speak, and I'm expecting something weird coming out of your mouth. I'm not going to do anything. It's another week of Peak 6, but who gives a crap? So peak we're going to move on to the next Peaks. Oh, man. Identity theft is a real thing. <laughs> Millions of people suffer from it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Michael! Michael! It's Eric Franson and AJ Sutton. <laughs> I just got this image of you running around in a gold suit with the little <laughs> sack on your back. Right, I'm going to look this way. I am going to 
That's talk what I do. like I'm presenting to them in the other room. They're going to be so confused. They're going to be so pumped. <laughs> They're going to crawl through that glass. Join me in a high five. Why is this so hard? <laughs> At least today it is. Oh my gosh. Oh okay. man, I'm saving all this. Oh <laughs> crap, I think I deleted the first part. Oh, thank you. <laughs> AJ, it's been a ride, man. It's been fun. Uh, hopefully 2021's a lot better than what we got this year, though. Great work. That was a beautiful montage. Thank you. Hey, quick bold predictions for 2021. What do you got? Uh, Alabama is going to win it all. The Utah Jazz will be in the Western Conference Finals. Ooh. I like that. Uh, you think the J- Wait, you've been bagging on the Jazz. Now you're going to put them in the Western Conference Finals? 2021 brings optimism. Oh, man. Hey, thanks to our listeners. Have a happier New Year. God bless you guys. Good Love luck. You all. Be safe. We'll see you next year. Good night.